0: teaching podcasts also serve as a conversation starter for deeper engagement at house church we're glad you're listening yeah i i I love all these opportunities we have in this season to give in different ways um, whether it's food clothing or finance finances Um, yeah i'm excited to see what this community will do with that good morning renew Uh, It's really good to see you all this morning. Um, Several months ago, uh, someone from Renew was visiting another person from Renew in a hospital, and they had a conversation with one of the the nurses. I believe it was a nurse, one of the staff people there. I think it was a nurse. And this nurse was like, what? Tell me about your church. Uh, Because she had seen all the ways that people from Renew had called, had showed up to visit this person who was in the hospital. was like, I, this, this hospital is almost an hour away. And this person was like, well, I don't live anywhere near Lansdale, but I want to come to your church. And if you, you read the, the Dear Church this week in the weekly email, you saw Doug talking about the different tangible ways that you all love and care for one another the way that community is formed in Renew. And as I thought about all of this, and and we're jumping into the next few teachings on community, what does it mean to be a a Christ-like community? I couldn't help but think, man, I feel like Paul's letter to the Thessalonians might be a good word for us to start. So throughout his letter, Paul keeps affirming the Thessalonians. He keeps, he keeps saying things like, yeah, you should encourage one another just like you're already doing. And you should follow the Lord. Yeah, oh, you're already doing that too. <laughs> keep doing it. And so the, the message of Thessalonians is like, keep going, keep going, keep doing it, keep following Jesus. And so I want us to listen specifically to these two verses in First Thessalonians. This is uh, chapter four, verses nine and 10. It says, now about your love for one another. You have no need for anyone to write to you. For you yourselves are taught by God to love one another. But indeed, you do practice it toward all of God's family throughout Macedonia. But we urge you, brothers and sisters, to excel still more. And so brothers and sisters of Renew, you don't need me to stand up here and tell you to love one another. Because God has already put that on your hearts. But I want to, and I believe the elders would affirm this, we urge you, brothers and sisters, to excel still more. To excel still more. About your love for one another, you have no need for anyone to write to you for you yourselves are taught by God to love one another but we urge you brothers and sisters to excel still more the type of community that is described throughout the New Testament is a quite a countercultural community it was back then and it is today pretty much Everything in the New Testament and all of the descriptions about what it means to live together as brothers and sisters of Christ runs contrary to the very ethos of what it means to be a U.S. citizen. Runs contrary to the ethos of the U.S. We say, me first. How do I get ahead? All right, I've got my family. That's good. I'll take care of them. But how do we get better and better and better? The New Testament's vision and Christ's vision for the church that he called is very different. And so I want to urge us to excel still more. I have a few thoughts about what that could look like uh, coming out of Scripture. The first one is be devoted. Be devoted. To excel still more means growing in our devotion. In Acts 2.42, when the Holy Spirit comes upon the disciples, the apostles, and launches them out. These people come together. And this is what it says in Acts 2.42. They were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone kept feeling a sense of awe, and many wonders and signs were taking place through the apostles. And all those who had believed were together and had all things in common. And they began selling their property and possessions and were sharing them with all as anyone might have need. Day by day, continuing with one mind in the temple and breaking bread from house to house. They were taking their meals together with gladness and sincerity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord was adding to their number day by day, those who were being saved. Now, if you were to read that description of community, I'm guessing you say, that sounds great. Can I be a part of that? But it takes this devotion, devoted to the apostles' teaching, devoted to scripture, and we just spent this whole season uh, in this Abide series. What does it mean to abide with Christ through the scriptures? Devoted to fellowship, being with one another and growing together, devoted to breaking bread. And that's why we... Take communion. We receive communion together whenever we gather, both in house churches and in gatherings. Because it's such an important practice to center us on Christ. Devoted to breaking bread, but also to shared meals. Devoted to prayer, to public worship, and private fellowship around tables. Be devoted. Excel still more. Renew. And the second space I see for us is to intentionally and wholeheartedly seek the presence of God. That church in Acts that we just talked about began with the disciples and apostles gathered together seeking the presence of God. They had just spent three years or so with Jesus and experienced his physical presence with them. But now, after his death and resurrection, he has ascended into heaven. He tells them to wait to pray for the Holy Spirit, for the presence of God to come in a new way. And they're there and they're praying and they're worshiping, seeking the Lord's presence. And the spirit comes on them and says, the spirit came like a flaming tongue and rested on each one of their heads. And that image of fire is really important because it draws us back to God's presence throughout the Old Testament. And in Genesis 15, God makes a covenant with Abraham. And he, Abraham separates these animals. And typically, it should have been Abraham who walks through those animals and says, let it be to me like these animals if I don't fulfill this covenant. But instead of Abraham, it's God himself who shows up in fire and passes through those animals. And says, this covenant is on me. And then in Exodus, this beautiful picture of the bush that's burning but is not consumed. And God shows up to Moses. And then on Mount Sinai, it's bursting with flames because God's presence is there, calling his people, giving them the law to form their identity around who he is. In 2 Chronicles 6 and 7, when Solomon d- dedicates the temple and fire consumes the sacrifices and fills the temple with his glorious presence. And so here in Acts 2, God's presence now rests on people as God sends them out. brothers and sisters, may we be a people who are passionate about seeking the Lord's presence. In Exodus 33, Moses has this very important statement says, Moses said to the Lord, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people on the face of the earth? What ding- distinguishes the church from a basketball team, from a bowling league, from bingo night. It is the presence of the Lord that must distinguish us. So may we be a people who seek, as Jeremiah 29:13 writes: You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Brothers and sisters, the presence of God needs to be our top priority, our heart's desire because when we encounter the presence of God together, we are transformed. I want to invite you and challenge you to intentionally seek, invite, welcome, acknowledge God's presence. So I would love for all of you, before you come to gathering on Sunday, before you show up for House Church, spend time in prayer, Lord, show up today, that we would come into this space with expectation That God's going to show up and show out in some sort of way. It may be subtle, it may be phenomenal, but I expect God to be there. Some of you families like, Ben, you don't know what it's like to get my family ready to go to house church. I don't have time to pray. All right, I get it. I've got three of them. Just pause in the car in the parking lot or in the driveway and take some time. To invite God's presence, so that we become people who are aware of the presence of God in our midst. All right, my third one to excel still more is is this: get naked to be clothed with Christ. So I want to be careful there because one of Renew's rules is wear clothes, and we're not revoking that rule. Wear clothes but I want to invite us into the nakedness of authentic vulnerability. It, where, where I went to school, a small Christian college in Iowa, there was an expression that said, nudity builds community. And part of it was a, a joke about the communal showers in many of the dorm rooms, but there was a deeper truth that people used that to say, if we want to be formed as a community, we've got to be real with one another we got to take off our masks. And so at Renew, don't come with your Sunday best. If you're struggling, let people know you're struggling. If you're ecstatic that God has showed up in mighty ways throughout the week, show up excited. Don't put a mask over that excitement. Don't put a mask over the pain. Invite you into authentic vulnerability, but also naked. In the sense of putting off sin. In Colossians 3, which many of you uh, hopefully read in house church last week, it talks about this to put off the old self, to put off those clothes of sin, those dirty clothes, to put on Christ, to be clothed in Christ. And so this is from Colossians 3. Therefore, consider the members of your earthly body as dead to immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and greed, which amounts to idolatry. For it is because of these things that the wrath of God will come upon the sons of disobedience. And in them you also once walked when you were living in them. But now you must also put off all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and abusive speech from your mouth. Do not lie to each other since you have taken off the old self with its evil practices and put on the new self who is being renewed to a true knowledge according to the image of the one who created you. A renewal in which there is no distinction between Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, and free but Christ is all and in all. So as those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving each other. Whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you, so also should you. Beyond all these things, put on love which is the perfect bond of unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts to which indeed you were called in one body and be thankful. Let the word of Christ richly dwell within you with all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. So, I want to invite us to to be your true self, and I recognize that that could be a cultural mantra that is actually can be fairly dangerous because it's been warped to say, "Okay, just do do you, you do you, whatever whatever floats your boat." But that is not what it means to be your true self. Your true self can only be found in Christ, the one through whom and for whom, and by whom you were created. The one who is himself the truth. And in fact, what Colossian, what Paul writes in Colossians is actually, you can't be your true self if you're living those old ways. Because that's not the true you. That's not the God. That's not who God created you to be. So be your true self, the new self that is clothed in Christ because it's community that builds this Christ-likeness. A New Testament professor writes this about uh, Colossians 3. It says, the vision of thriving is deeply relational, centered on the habits of body and mind and heart that sponsor unity and peace among believers. Love, compassion, forgiveness, these are not individual characteristics. They are rather divine gifts that are only received in the difficult work of relationships. They are garments for the body of Christ. And so with that, one of the, the last one to excel still more is to press into the mess. To press into the mess with humility, grace, and truth. Uh, a handful of years ago, Doug and JR did a, a, did a series of teachings on community and they talked about how community is necessary. It is necessary, but it is absolutely necessary for us to become the Christ-like people that God is calling us to be, individually and collectively. So community is messy because of difference. So in Luke 6, uh, Jesus, he's got a number of followers, and in Luke 6, it says he's, he's going to call 12 And if you look at who he calls these 12 people, it does not make any earthly sense. So, for example, you've got Matthew, who's a tax collector, who's basically saying, like, yeah, Rome's all right. Rome's not that bad. I can actually use Rome to make wealth. And everybody in the Jewish culture would despise him for partnering up with Rome. You've got Simon the Zealot who's saying Rome is the devil and we should plot how we can destroy them and bring them down. And Jesus is going to call these two guys and say, yeah, you should be part of my family. Just one example. What's interesting is that when Jesus calls them in Luke 6, it tells us that that before he called them, he spent the whole night in prayer. Spent the whole night in prayer. I began thinking, what was Jesus praying? Was he like wrestling with God? Like, God, I can't call the, you, you. You can't make me call Matthew and Simon together. It's not going to work. You can't make me call two pairs of brothers. I've seen what brothers do to each other. It's not going to work. But then I realized no, I don't think that's the case. I think Jesus spends that whole night in prayer, praying exactly what he prays in John 17. That his presence, that his love for them would unite them in such a way that doesn't make sense. And what happens in Acts is it happens even more. All of a sudden you've got Greeks And Gentiles and Jews coming together under the lordship of Christ. And as Paul writes, you've got Scythians and barbarians. These are the worst of the worst people all of a sudden being part of God's family. And the church gets real messy. How how is this going to work? Do they all need to become Jews and follow Jesus? No, we're going to keep pressing towards Jesus. And looking to each other, let's press into this mess because clearly God is at work. And it is a radical witness to a world that is so easily divided when people who shouldn't be together come together under the Lordship of Christ. There are oftentimes when I look out at Renew, when I look out at you all, how are these people in, in this same church together? And it's because of Christ. And it's because Christ is at work calling us to unity and not uniformity. To engage across difference. And so I want to invite you and challenge you. In the next couple of weeks, I want you to reach out to somebody within Renew who you know is pretty different than you in some some way, shape, or form. Either reach out to somebody who's different with you. Share a meal together. Share coffee together. And listen with humility. Humility and listen for their heart for Christ. Uh, Or if it's just somebody you haven't met in Renew, whether they're a new person or somebody who's been in Renew for a long time and you've seen them around, said hi to them a few times, but haven't gotten to know, I want to invite you to engage and to hear the story of their life and to bless and honor them in following Jesus. We cannot separate from the people who are different from us because they are the hands to our foot. They are the ear to our nose. We're part of one body. And so how do we encourage and love one another in the midst of that mess? And community obviously is messy too because of sin and evil. We're still broken people. Life is hard. The evil one is still at work. We are sinner saints. And so we need to press into the mess and the brokenness of, of one another's lives. And that's the call that, that Doug laid out several years ago when he invited us into brave space. To enter in with compassion, but also with a prophetic voice, seeking the presence of Jesus in the midst of that mess. Renew has this rule, no perfect people allowed. And so that means things are going to get messy but there's also this mantra that healthy community is not the absence of conflict, but the presence of Jesus in the midst of it. So may we be a people who excel still more in seeking out the presence of Jesus in the midst of the mess. Lastly, we need to be people who continually remind each other of the gospel. Because it's Jesus who boldly and humbly pressed into our mess, into our brokenness. His full devotion to us and to our salvation led him to be stripped naked and crucified because of our sin. But he is now clothed in resurrection in ascension glory. And through him, we will live forever with him, wearing our garments of salvation. Brothers and sisters, you are one for whom Christ died. I want to just invite you to look at the person next to you and say, you are one for whom Christ died. The love of God abounds. The love of God for you knows no bounds. It has no limits. It excels even more and more. So God welcomes you fully into the family of the good father, his beloved son, Jesus, our savior, and the Holy Spirit. So I want to invite our worship team back up so we can respond to this good, good God, whose love excels still more for us, as I pray. God, would you strengthen our hearts and cause your love to increase and abound in us. Increase our love for Jesus. Increase our love for one another and for all people and help us to excel still more. Amen. Thank you for listening to the podcast of the Renew Community. This in no way should replace the formation within a community of Jesus followers. If you are looking for a church, would like more information about Renew, or would like to give financially to this ministry, check out our website at renewcommunity.org.